Welcome to Unlocking Potential, a podcast from Baldwin Technology. We're fueled by 100 years of innovation, providing the top hardware, software, and consumables to automate, enhance, and apply intelligence to production processes. Join us and learn how you can unlock your full potential. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Baldwin's Unlocking Potential podcast series. I'm your host, Tyler Kern. A multitude of factors have converged to create a perfect storm in the paper market that has led to unprecedented shortages worldwide. Printers are not only facing sky-high prices and the challenge of procuring enough paper to meet the needs of each job, but when they're lucky enough to find a supply, long delays in shipping times pose another problem. Joining me here to explain what has led the industry to the current pressures around paper and what printers can do to best rise to the challenge is a guest expert on the topic, Thomas Torp. Thomas is CEO at Gracom, the association for the Danish communication industry, which represents the Danish print market. Thomas, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Also here to give their perspectives on the paper crisis and on the role LED UV curing can play for printers to make the most of the short supply that is available are Jonathan Ford, commercial lead for Baldwin's AMS Spectral UV segment, and Karsten Barlebeau, Baldwin's LED UV process technology specialist. Guys, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thomas, thank you for being Baldwin's guest and for sharing your insight on the paper shortage as an expert in this space. Please, first of all, tell us about yourself and a little bit more about your history in this industry. Well, yes, um, I'm uh, I'm head of uh, the Danish uh, Business Association for the Communication Industry. We, we um, organize um, all of almost all of the printing uh, uh, market in in Denmark. Denmark is, of course, of course, a small country, but uh, I'm also a part of um, uh, the steering committee of Intergraph, uh, the European Association for the Printing uh, Industry. Um, yeah, I've, I've been uh, I've been in this uh, this industry for the last uh, eight years. How has this perfect storm of a global paper shortage come to be, especially in Europe? And what are some of the macro effects that you see that are causing this? Well, actually, uh, at the moment, when we look into the, the, the prices of the paper market, they've gone up something like 80% for the last year. Um, and uh, every month we get shocked by still uh, uh, raising uh, rise in prices. Um, but that's actually not the worst problem. The worst problem is actually that we have a lack of paper. Uh, it's not possible for uh, the printing companies to get the paper they need. So that's actually even worse. Uh, and it's, I call it a perfect uh, storm at the paper market because we have a lot of different things um, at the same time uh, working uh, against us uh, at, the, at the market. Yeah, let me just chime in on that. It, it it really is, you know, perfect storm implies multiple large factors affecting a single situation, each one kind of compounding the others. And, and you know, not only is there COVID going on and not only is there unrest uh, in various places in the world, there's also a paper shortage um, because of, you know, su supply chain breakdowns. But there's also um, a shortage of, of freight and therefore an incredibly uh, high cost in freight. And so not only is paper hard to get, but when you can get it, it's astronomically expensive, not only for the paper, but also just to get it to you. Is the war now factoring into the complexity of this challenge? Yeah, that's that's uh, making it, it even worse. Uh, maybe we should start from from um, uh, kind of the, the kind of the beginning, uh, because we have had many years now where uh, we have had a decline in demand for, for paper. 
and that has led to a decline in the production. Uh, the uh, the production in uh, at uh, the European uh, paper market has declined something like 25% uh, during the last uh, 10 years. And that's actually been um, just the way it should be because of the decline in, in the demand. But uh, during the, the corona uh, the, uh, crisis, uh, we've seen actually uh, not a decline in the demand, but an increase in the demand uh, due to uh, an increase in demand for uh, cardboard packaging. Um, people uh, has, has been sitting at home and, uh, and shopping online and everything has to be sent, packed and sent. And uh, so we've had an enormously increase in, in, uh, in packaging, uh, in the pa packaging markets. Um, and uh, at the same time, um, the paper mills has, uh, has stopped. Some of them has uh, taken decisions to, to, to shut down production because they expected the market to decline even more. Um, and um, uh, at the same time, uh, we've had um, uh, a new situation for plastic products due to um, environmental issues, uh, climate uh, issues. Um, uh, plastic is um, is under pressure. People want to change from plastic uh, to 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 paper products, so that increases the demand as well. Um, and um, and of course we've had a shutdown in uh, in production uh, during uh, the crisis, um, and it takes time for the production to to start again. Um, and the prices on transport has been high. Um, the prices on uh, on uh, uh, electricity has gone up. Um, uh, so uh, there's so many things that has um, uh, lowered the production, and even and uh, at the same time has increased the, the demand. And uh, the last thing is, of course, the the war in Ukraine. Um, uh, that's actually affecting the paper market uh, as well, uh, because a part of uh, the European uh, or the paper at the European market is came come from Russia, and of course we cannot buy paper in Russia anymore. Uh, that gives a problem as well. It's not it's not a huge problem uh, with the uh, Russian paper, but still. On top of all the other problems, uh, it's 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 actually very bad. And then I I haven't even uh, mentioned um, that uh, that the UPM has a strike in uh, Finland, uh, and that um, gives us us actually um, a, a very big problem in Denmark on the Danish market. Half of the uh, uh, lightweighted uh, uh, Coded paper is from UPA, UPM in Finland. So actually, just like that, we lost half of the paper on the Danish market. And that's not just in Denmark. It's, it's actually quite a problem on the European market. Karsten and I, just a few weeks ago, uh, this, this is a good example of exactly what Thomas was just describing, of so many factors at play. So we were talking to a newsprinter in uh, New Zealand, and going back before the downturn in the paper market, um, he would buy from the paper mill in New Zealand. Then as demand for paper uh, decreased, the plant 
reduced its capacity and eventually closed. And so he was starting to, he had started to bring it in from Australia um, and had to pay uh, freight for it. And he said he was paying about $6,000 in freight for a whole container of, of paper. Now into the situation, he's no longer able to get it from Australia and he's having to get it from Asia. He said sometimes even Europe, sometimes even North America. And just imagine the cost of that. So, uh, so one, he said his cost for a container has gone from 6000 to $30,000 just in freight alone. And the, uh, the second thing is, just again to Thomas's point, is because everyone's having to reach all over the world to get whatever paper they can get a hold of, any little what even seems like a regional disruption actually has a ripple effect to becoming something much larger and just adding to this, you know, this storm. Jonathan, can you tell us what's going on in the North American market in terms of the paper shortage? What are you hearing from printers about the challenges that they're facing? And what are they doing to work around some of those challenges? Yeah, I mean, in a nutshell, what I'm hearing uh, is that the large printers who have uh, special deals with paper suppliers or distributors are getting as much as they can. They also tend to have the facilities to store it. And so they are just scooping up every little bit they can and holding on to it. And if you aren't that large, you're really struggling literally to get any paper. And and they're finding themselves in a situation where they they have to choose between printing on a paper that they weren't intending to use or not printing at all. And uh, it's it's becoming a real struggle. Jonathan and Karsten, if you guys could tell us a little bit about LED UV and the role that it can play in helping printers work around the inability to procure the right paper typically used for the job or even enough of it. See, I've been on the call earlier today and met a customer and they say the paper he has, now he needs to add as much value to the paper as possible. And that LED can bring something. You can bring, you can bring in a higher quality. And that was also when I started LED and web presses for eight years ago in Japan. It's not to mention a brand name, an American sports brand, Nike, made a magazine by a printer in Japan. First time it was 2,000 copies, it printed on a sheet fit. Next year it was 10,000, still a sheet fit. In the third year, Nike gets so big, so he starts to print it on LED, on a web press. He said, why can I not print it on a web press? That was the, the reason that all the discussion with LED and web presses, high volume, was starting. Only quality, quality, quality. Because paper price is a base cost, and if more quality you can add to the paper, the better price can you get. I normally say, if you only make paper dirty, or you make it at a quality. Just to continue Karsten's point, I. I, I think that was spot on, and I'm hearing the same thing too. And kind of going back to the the last thing I said is, if a printer is, let's say, has a, a glossy paper uh, specified, or just you know that's the desired look of it, um, they're tending to do a couple things. One of them is if they can only get an uncoated paper, um, they can kind of fake it by putting on an aqueous coating at the end of the press and, and at least giving it, you know, some kind of look. The problem is that if you're using conventional inks on uncoated stock during the time it takes for, from when the ink is laid down until it gets to the end of the press, um, and, you know, and, and, and coated and dried, it really absorbs deeply into the uncoated stock. It's very, very absorbent paper. 
the benefit of LED is that the cure is almost instantaneous, right? So you have highly glossy inks that are laid down on top of the paper, and before they can be absorbed, they're flash cured by the radiation, you know, the radiation light. And and that is actually one of the ways that uh, the printers can do exactly what Karsten was saying, which is uh, increase the quality of the output, even in these trying circumstances where they may not be getting um, the right paper that they wanted in the first place. And, and anyone who's seen, you know, LED ink, UV or LED inks, um, because they're, they're, they're a polymer, right? They have a very nice, shiny, uh, you know, kind of plastic type of uh, glossy look. So it really is a way for, for printers in, in this time when paper's hard to get. Um, it, it gives them more flexibility on being able to use whatever paper they can get. You know, in talking to people in the market, I think the, uh, the, the point that, that Thomas brought up about there was a reduction in demand, and so there was a reduction in capacity, and markets will react as demand increases, capacity will increase. So I think that part is going to, uh, you know, fix itself at some point. It's, it's the other parts of the perfect storm that are the big X factors, right? Like how long is there going to be war in Europe and how long is the global supply chain uh, going to be so stressed? You know, how long are things like COVID going to continue to exacerbate that? So, uh, you know, I think things will start getting better, but I don't think it's going to be immediate and I don't think it's going to be complete. Thomas, what do you see printers doing to work around the complexities they face to procure paper? Yeah, you know, when, when you live long enough, you learn that um, during economic crisis, everybody thinks that this is the new normal. Now we will have a crisis all our, uh, the rest of our lives. And when things are going good, everybody thinks that this is the new normal. Things will never go bad again. Um, now, now we have a crisis. I actually agree very much with Jonathan. Uh, things will come back to normal uh, sooner or later. Uh, the war will end, the COVID-19 um, uh, problems will end, um, uh, the, the prices on energy will find some kind of balance. Maybe we will not get back to exactly where we started, but the market will find a balance again. Our problem right now is that we don't have the time to wait. Uh, that's a, that's the issue, and it's it's a, a, a important issue amongst uh, the printing companies because what they see is also they are under pressure from digital communication and if they have to tell their clients well we cannot produce what you need we cannot print what you need right now then their clients might say well maybe this is the time for us to switch to digital communication solutions and uh, they might never come back to print that's what I hear from the printing companies. That's that's a real concern. Um, but of course, I do believe that the market will find a, a balance and things will be, um, be 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 normal, like find a new normal again. Do you see any end in sight to the paper shortage challenges? What what do you see coming in the future? Well, they they are talking to the clients and telling them, um, well, we cannot print what you need. But if you need a magazine in, in 52 pages, maybe we could uh, make, uh, make it uh, uh, 40 pages instead. Or they say if they print um, uh, 
uh, labels. They say maybe we should only print for a month instead of printing for three months now. Then we'll come back and print some more for you later. Uh, and they use all kind of paper. Uh, not not what the, the, the clients want and what they think is the best solution, but what they have, what they can get. Um, and uh, they try to raise the prices. Uh, uh, and it's but it's, it's, it's very difficult. It, there's no good solutions on this. They try to get papers from, from Vietnam or China or anywhere it's possible. But, you know, it's, the transport has been very expensive. So it's, it's, it's not a good solution. It's not, not a, a good solution for the environment or climate to, to bring paper from China to, to Europe. It's, uh, you should never do it. But, but sometimes you get desperate enough. You just have to do it. So it's 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 very it's very tough times to be honest. Um, of course, we we are also at, at the European level trying to talk to the the paper mills. Hey, what's going on? But it's 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 very difficult to get some answers to be honest. I talked to my Italian co colleague. We had a meeting at Inscart two days ago. My Italian colleague said that four uh, Italian paper mills stopped um, recently uh, due to uh, the high energy prices. It's it's um, it's uh, it's very bad. it's very bad, but we have a, a strike in Finland. Uh, we hope it ends soon. Uh, it might it might not. Um, we just have to to manage every day and try to to keep our clients uh, calm and, and uh, get them to accept that this is the reality on the paper market. Um, it's a reality on, on many markets that you have a lack of uh, raw materials and, and uh, yeah. Excellent stuff. Well, we appreciate all three of you joining us here on the podcast today. Thomas, Karsten, and Jonathan, thank you all so much for joining us here on Baldwin's Unlocking Potential podcast series. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. This is enjoyable. Absolutely. And everyone, thank you for tuning in to this episode of the show as well. For more, make sure to subscribe to the podcast. You can find the podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Wherever you get your podcasts, you can find uh, more episodes of the podcast and subscribe to stay up to date with the latest from Baldwin. Of course, you can always reach out to Baldwin if you have questions. If you want to know more about the products they have and the solutions that they provide, you can do that as well. And stay tuned. We'll be back soon with new episodes of the show. But for this one, for my excellent panel of guests, I've been your host, Tyler Kern. Thanks for joining us.